After hosting an impromptu dance party with and for Caroline A. Bear-Gidry and her friend Patrick Thomas, Jimmy Dean Keene wakes up the following morning with that prickly feeling of being watched. He's inside Caroline's house. She's sleeping beside him, not at all watching him. So he suspects this feeling is just something his mind is doing to him, pulling some memory out of somewhere just to fuck with him, based on nothing other than maybe the strength of the memory ingrained into his psyche. So he deals with it. While Caroline is in the bathroom performing her morning ritual, he finally notices Mr. Whiskers, the cat, sitting underneath the bedroom chair, staring at him, as cats do. So he thinks that might have played a part somehow. But even with all this in mind, he still feels a bit restless. Especially because he can't shake the feeling, even while going about his life business. So when he returns to her cottage a while later, after completing all of that, comes in to find her sitting at the kitchen table with her notebooks in front of her. He holds up his car keys on his pinky finger. So, what do you say? Let's take a drive. She looks up at him, closes the notebook. All right, okay. Where to? Doesn't matter. We can go check on your field again. <laughs> well, how about we don't want to wear it out? <laughs> Let's go scouting out some other spots instead. So she gets dressed, go out to his car. He thinks she looks adorable, as usual, but... She always elevates it a little bit when they go out, and she keeps upping her own ante in his eyes with every single outfit she puts together. This one is a little top in black crushed velvet with big puffy sleeves. It ends right at the top of her gray acid wash jeans that come right up to the bottom of her ribcage. Little boots with a low heel. He's just wearing black-on-black, semi-casual Jimmy fashion with the jeans and a button-down shirt tucked in over a t-shirt. So he thinks she fancies him up by association, by proxy. He checks her out from the rear before stepping in front of her to open the car door for her. My lady. She looks him in the eye while getting into the car and sitting down. That feels really hot to him. Almost as hot as when she's looking him in the eye while engaging in whatever way with Big Dick Dean's Big Dick. And he's pretty easy to read. So when he comes over to the driver's side, gets in, closes the door, she turns to him and says, Oh, you like that, then? What, specifically? Opening the door for me. Makes you happy? Hell yeah. Feels like I'm doing my due diligence. (laughs) All right. 
I'll try to set it up so you can always get that. But only as long as you beat me to the door, because it feels funny just standing around, waiting, like I ain't got hands that work. <sighs> well, I know your hands work. <laughs> but so do mine, and so I'll try to make my hands always work for you. <laughs> well... He puts one of his hands on her thigh for a minute before putting it on the gear shift. I don't want to get too far into the weeds before we're even in the field. <laughs> they end up at a swamp bar, one of the many sort of divey places out in Cajun country has ground oyster shells as the gravel in the parking lot. Cypress wood siding. No real sign that indicates it's a bar. You just know. They chose this one specifically on Caroline's recommendation. I used to come here when I was a kid. Eat peanuts and play pinball. <laughs> yeah? They allow that? Oh yeah, I was always by myself. I'm not acted alright. Never came in with some group of hooligans or nothing, so they let me. I put a dollar on the bar for them. <laughs> Felt so grown up. Then years later, I come back, find out they make good po' boys, and they got a damn good happy hour. All right. Good enough for me. They're the only patrons in the bar. The only other person in there is the bartender, who is also the cook. Serves Caroline her drink, then goes into the kitchen to prepare their sandwiches. So this is very much not the type of atmosphere Jimmy typically puts himself into, where one is to be seen and see others. But that's hardly important, because he's there with the object of his affection, whose appearance is reminiscent of all the girls he used to like throughout the 80s and 90s, but has the body of a beautiful, fully grown woman. So there's no need to impress anyone else. This is all for him. The jukebox is playing in the corner. Hey, what a change. We go from Black Sabbath in the car to Merle Haggard in the bar. <laughs> oh, that's who that is? Oh, you're not familiar with country music? <laughs> I've heard it before, especially living down here. You kind of can't get away from it, but I don't know who's who. Usually I can pick out Johnny Cash and uh, oh, the one guy, what's his name? Uh, Elvis Presley. <laughs> He's obviously just making a joke. You better not let anybody hear you call Elvis Presley country music, or you're gonna start a fight. <laughs> they are served their sandwiches. Caroline drinks her drink. She'd ordered a Long Island iced tea, getting her kind of giggly. She offers some to Jimmy. Here, you try, but not too much, because... Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that'll put you right under the floorboards. <laughs> but she's not too fucked up. She's got a tolerance. 
another song comes on. Oh no. <laughs> she slides off her bar stool, holds her hand out to Jimmy. We gotta dance. Jimmy takes her hand and they dance. She's confused about the fact that one person is typically supposed to lead the whole time while the other follows because she keeps stepping at him as if leading before stepping back to follow. But he doesn't care. His own dancing is proficient enough that he just rolls with it. Obviously, this song has a theme, and Caroline is looking at Jimmy very mischievously, but she seems so happy. She's just smiling, putting her head back, laughing. So he doesn't think this is any kind of accusation, or that she herself is actually confused about where his personal boots have been. And watching her have such a carefree good time is much more important to him than getting a dance step correct or otherwise being paranoid over his own pride. Patrick has taught her the cue to twirl around, so Jimmy employs liberal use of that, gets her spinning around. She nails it every time this time, the ends of her hair fanning out. He draws her in. She leans back in his arms. Smiling hard enough, her eyes are closed. He technically doesn't know how to country western dance in the first place, so the fact that the blind are leading the blind is working in both of their favors, and he hopes she doesn't even notice. It's obviously not impacting her enjoyment. Nobody's ever danced with me like that. Really? Really? Yeah, like, somebody I'm dating out in public? Just off the cuff and out of pocket? Never. Jimmy's a little surprised, but... Well, that's their loss. I'm glad I could be your first. <laughs> yeah, you gonna get in there? Ahead of everybody else. Maybe you're going to be the last, too. <laughs> you ready to pay these people when we we'll get out of here? <laughs> we better. If I have another one of them, I'm going to get drunk on my ass. <laughs> so they do that. Head out to the car. Jimmy is walking casually, but with purpose. As she said she'd do earlier. 
Caroline is deliberately allowing him to walk slightly ahead of her so that he can reach the car door first, open it for her, and as he's about to do so, another car drives into the parking lot, pulls perpendicular to the bumper of Jimmy's car, essentially parking him in. It's a bright red Ford Thunderbird from the early 1990s. The driver's window rolls down, and a woman with very voluminous frosted blonde hair is inside. She looks at Caroline, says, Well, look what the wind blew in. Caroline seems frozen in place. Jimmy sees a series of expressions pass across her face. Surprise, even shock. A moment of hopefulness, fading immediately into hopelessness, helplessness, a few others he can't identify, arriving at a wide-eyed, pleasantly neutral state that is both guarded and the most vulnerable he's ever seen in her at the same time. Hi, Mama. You back in Livingston Parish? Well, you'd know already if you ever called me. Caroline does not respond, whether to apologize, defend herself, or anything else. She remains with that pleasant, almost smiling neutrality in her expression. Whatever Jimmy had been expecting, whether from this exact interaction or whatever idea he might have had of what Caroline's mother might be like, this is not it. And he's pretty sure that's visible on his face because these things usually are. The woman who is apparently Caroline's mother is looking him from head to foot and then very carefully all the way back up again. Now who's this? Caroline snaps back into motion, turns to look at Jimmy. She does smile. Jimmy Kane, this is Lorraine Abair, my mama. Mama, this is Jimmy Kane. We're seeing each other. Oh, you are. Lorraine Abair doesn't bother to put her car in park. It's idling in neutral. But she opens the door. Steps out, stands up to her full height, and Jimmy doesn't feel like he needs to be a genius in order to figure out why she probably did that. She is wearing a vinyl patent pleather jumpsuit that appears to be painted upon her body in the same shade of red as the car, her lipstick, and her spiked heels. She bears a certain resemblance to her daughter in multiple ways, but at the same time, they're still basically diametric opposites. Caroline's hair sticks straight, doesn't sit very far above her head even when she's got bedhead. She's got her blunt-tipped, rose-petal-pink DIY fingernails, typically wears no makeup except for maybe a lip color when they go out, 
today is that muted mulled wine burgundy color that was very popular in the 1990s. If you know, you know. Jimmy has never seen her wearing heels taller than the ones she has on now. She's a bit on the tall end of average height for a woman. Rangy little figure, not a lot of tick going on. The only reason Jimmy can imagine she even bothers wearing a bra is to hide her nipples. She's got that genuine smile that he likes, easy laugh, generally laid-back demeanor even when they're in a disagreement. And her mother is also on the slender side. They have similar enough facial structures. But other than that, Lorene is more voluptuous by means of perhaps strategic padding. Very definitely breast implants that Jimmy is deliberately not looking at. Even though he suspects that she'd welcome it if he did. With the spiked heels on, she's close to her daughter's height, so without that, she's probably right around average female height, maybe a bit shorter. And she has the acrylic talons, very artful, full face of makeup, the big teased bottle blonde hair. She is very much not smiling. And her demeanor is pretty well the opposite of easygoing or laid back. She says to Jimmy, So where'd you find my daughter? Rehab? Jimmy looks at Caroline, whose eyes have fallen subtly, but perceptibly to him. He decides it's time to play ball, although he's not going to rise to the bait. Nah. Neither of us are into the hard drugs. Lorene crosses her arms across her chest, puts her hands on her upper arms, taps her fingernails once, and the acrylic clicks off the vinyl jumpsuit with a noise like an insect. She's my neighbor, down in New Orleans. He looks to Caroline, reaches out to put his hand on her shoulder, Gently rub it a bit for comfort, moral support, and to demonstrate what he's about to add. I like her. She's a real sweetheart. Y'all must have just met. Cause you think that now. Just wait till you know her a little bit. Caroline is still looking at him, mute, hopeless, and hopeful all at once. Well, that's fine. She's got to keep up with me. I'm a live one. Lorene does crack a smile now. It slowly spreads across her face. And it's the type of smile Jimmy has seen on Men in Prison. She lets her eyes roam slowly down the front of his body again. Stopping at maybe his knees. Maybe slightly above. A bit. Coming on out of a swamp fire in the middle of the day? Yeah, Caro's taking me on a tour of her old stomping ground, showing me where she grew up. That's what you think y'all doing? That's real cute. Will you enjoy this while it lasts? Jimmy looks at Caroline's unmoving, 
Now, sort of glassy-eyed face. He's about to put an end to the interaction altogether because he can't abide just standing around watching her suffer. But then she asks, How you been, Mama? Lorene tilts her head, looks at Caroline as well. Where do I even begin, seeing as I don't know how long it's been, and I don't got time to be standing around here all day just talking. Hey, that's fine. We won't keep you. You want to come around my house one day? You're welcome to it. Caroline's eyes brighten a little bit. She's trying. She offers a little cheerful smile. Yeah, all right. We might could do that. Where are you living at these days? Lorene shakes her head. Why don't you call old Bertram Woodrow? Ask him where I'm at. I'm sure he'd be real excited to hear from you. Well, all right. That ain't a bad idea. I bet he would. Well, like Jimmy said, we won't keep you. I'm glad we bumped into each other. It was good to see you. Lorene is wearing oversized sunglasses, but Jimmy can still tell she rolls her eyes. Well, maybe someday I'll say the same. She looks back at Jimmy. Guess I'll be seeing you. If y'all still together by then. Yeah, same to you. Great meeting ya. Jimmy gently puts his arm around Caroline's shoulder, offers Lorene a little casual, indolent wave. She climbs back into her Thunderbird, slams the door, puts it back in gear, rocks on out of it without a backward glance. Jimmy stands there with his arms still around Caroline's shoulders, affectionately cuddling her against him. And once Lorene is gone, Caroline takes ownership of her own face again. Her expression immediately falls, is immediately dejected, sad, a bit lost. She's holding it together. Jimmy doesn't need to ask if this interaction was unusual because he can tell this was not the first time. Caroline had lowered her eyes a moment, but she glances back up at Jimmy. He doesn't look away. He doesn't know what to say to her. He's just trying to be supportive. He smiles at her, squeezes her again then does what he'd set out to do when they left that bar, steps over and opens the passenger door of his car for her. Let's put some road between us and that. I can think of a million better places to be.